off the bat, it was gone. No doubt in my mind. I almost, almost didn't watch it the whole way out. And boy, it's a good thing I did. Good morning to you. Good Wednesday morning from Milwaukee. I'm Dayon Kovacevic of DK Pittsburgh Sports. And this is Daily Shot of Pirates. Comes your way bright and early every weekday morning. If you're into football and or hockey, I also offer up daily shots of Steelers and Penguins where you found this. I hope you can check those out as well. The Pirates beat the Brewers here last night, 8-5 to five in 10 innings. And that doesn't come close to telling the story of what actually happened on this remarkable evening where the Pirates were getting... No hit through six innings by Adrian Hauser and losing 5 nothing. He just had nothing, 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 nothing going until finally there was a little bit of offense generated after Hauser was taken from the game with a 105 pitch count by Craig Council, much to the chagrin of the, the crowd on hand, by the way. They really, really hated that. Like, people still just don't understand pitch counts. It's amazing. I mean, they're not that new in baseball. Anyway, Hoy Park, the new kid, who the Yankees, for some reason, gave up for Clay Holmes, he comes up really, really confident, strides to the plate. I mean, you would, too, if you had a 497 on base percentage in the minors, which he did this year in AAA. And he smacks a double down the first base chalk. Clears the bases. Pirates take the lead. Pirates would end up giving the lead back. It's 5-5. And we get to the ninth inning. And Eduardo Escobar, who's been just murdering the ball for the Brewers, including in the first game of this series here Monday night, he just tears into a David Bednar pitch and rockets it out to right field. And Gregory Polanco, who'd already been playing deep, like really deep, like comically deep, basically sets his eyes on this thing, takes a couple of steps back, leaps up at the wall, grabs it from over the wall, yanks it back in. This was with two outs, walk-off stuff. And if this wasn't the house of horrors for the Pirates, I would find this to be at least a somewhat plausible thing that occurred because I have seen that home run hit here in this place, in this city, so many times that it felt like nothing when it started making its way out there. Like, this was just the natural order of things. Polanco goes up, gets it, comes down, lands on his feet, and begins celebrating, like demonstrably celebrating like a schoolchild. Rodolfo Castro, who's the second baseman, starts jumping up and down like ecstatically also 
like schoolchild, okay? Bednar, who's already a schoolchild, like by default, he's he's doing the same thing on the mound. They're waiting for Polanco to come in. Escobar has rounded first base and is just looking out toward Polanco in disbelief. Mind you, the score is still 5-5. I haven't even come close to finishing this story. But Polanco's back in, into the infield, into the diamond, and then into the dugout being mobbed by everybody. And I'm going to let Polanco tell you this part of the story uh, after I asked him basically to do just that. Polanco, can you take us through the catch? Uh, right from the moment the, 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 the ball came off the bat. Yeah, well... You know, in that situation, obviously, we score hitting. I mean, in that situation, definitely we were playing, you know, no double. Like, we were playing bad. Yeah. But, you know, we score hitting, obviously, me, you know, he pulled the ball every time. So I was like, man, you know, I'm like, he's going to hit the ball, you know, especially with Ben throwing the splitter and all that. I know he's going to hit the ball to right field, like, almost 100%. So I was, like, ready for it. And as soon as he's, he hit it, I'm like, Okay, but that was a land drive actually. That was not not like fly ball, like you can time it. So like, and I saw him like, oh, I gotta go back. But I I knew I didn't have that much room that back there. So I saw the wall. I'm like I just kept running, and I I guess I did you know the perfect timing, perfect jump, and I got it. You know I was so excited, <laughs> especially with Ben there and the. On the mound, that guy is, is such a great guy, and I, I love him so much. It's hard to describe how happy this man was in relaying this story. Uh, it, it was almost as happy as he exhibited out there on the field, and he's like that. He's really like that. Some people are kind of over the top when they think it's uh, cool or helps an image or something like that. Greg's just a happy guy. Greg is just a happy, happy, happy individual. Nothing gets to him, including when he's playing very poorly. Anyway, Greg comes up in the 10th inning for the Pirates. You know how these go now where you have the runner start out on second base. It happened to be Brian Hayes, which was fortunate for the Pirates. Fast runner. He advances to third. Greg comes up. Greg looks like... He wants so badly, so badly to be the guy who both steals the win from the Brewers and seals the win for the Pirates. You could just see it in how he was behaving around the plate, and I asked him about that too. Do you take that with you to the plate, Polanco, when you came up? The next time when you had a chance to win the game at the plate, or is that still in, in your head? Like, there's no way we're going to lose a game where I made a catch like that. Oh, yeah, for sure. Oh, yeah, for sure. Like, let's win this game. You know, that's why if you watch my bat, like, I was ready and I was like, I look back to my bat, like, hey, let's go. Because he was standing up, like, I'm like, hey, let's go. I want to hit. <laughs> I was so excited. That was a exciting moment for, uh, for me. Obviously, one of my, you know, one of my best games. No matter what the situation we are in, and I love this team because we push, we push, and we fight every, you know, every pitch, every bat, every play, and you know, like, like this game, 
can't tell you like how much you know we fight you know we were uh there was right no hitter to us and we never gave ball you know we never give ball and we fight we find a way to score a run and look we won that game you know that that tell you right there that you know we had a good thing you had we just had to find the way and you know to get that going every day now he'd had a pretty good day offensively uh he Broke up Hauser's no-hitter with a, a stroked single through the right side. Uh, had a couple of walks. Uh, stole a couple more bases, and he's now 14 for 14 on the year. And then he had this cheesy single as a bouncer to deep short that basically wouldn't have done anything if the Brewers hadn't had their infield aligned a certain way. And they had no chance to get... Hayes at home, and they couldn't get Polanco, who was just flying with those long strides down to first base, and the Pirates had the lead after that. Brian Reynolds drove home a couple more runs, and Bednar came back for another inning and finished it off, and hence your 8-5 to final. This game doesn't mean a thing. And I apologize for feeling like I constantly have to remind with stuff like that. But it doesn't. It doesn't. Polanco and his future arguably don't mean much. You know, you'd have a really, really, really hard time uh, drumming up anything resembling an intellectual debate as to whether or not the Pirates should pick up his $12 million club option for next year or pay the $3 million buyout. I have little doubt that they'll take the latter. But there's something about a game like this, uh, whether it's a guy who's probably not part of the future in Polanco or someone like Park, who's definitely part of the future, Badnar, who's part of the future, uh, where you can be reminded that baseball is just amazingly cool. You know, so much happened through the course of this game in one direction or the other between two teams that are historically grossly imbalanced, at least over the last 10 or 15 years, and two teams that are currently miles apart, miles apart in the Central Division standings, one of them way atop. The other one way at the bottom. But they went at it the way they did uh, in part because of the spirit of guys like Polanco. And I'll leave you in this segment with this. Polanco talked about how after his catch, he came back into the dugout and he and Wilmer Defoe, who's the most vocal player by every account uh, in the Pirates' clubhouse, dugout, field, everywhere. Both were yelling and admonishing everyone, everyone else, everyone within earshot, let's go, let's go, let's go. Why? Well, it wasn't to claw within... Whatever it is now, 25, 26 games of the division lead. 
it was just a, a simple matter of pride. And it's something that I think is worth valuing moving forward. Polanco spoke very passionately about the Pirates, about Pittsburgh. He does that a lot. Whether he's here or not, I think there are lessons that can be learned moving forward for what kind of person the Pirates want throughout their system, but especially at the top level. Polanco, you know, not everything's worked out. You know, that hasn't been something that's been, uh, you know, more hits than misses. Um, He is what he is. His case is what it is. Mostly, I think, because of injuries. But there's, there's something to be said for someone who's in the spot that he's in and playing legitimately, legitimately, honestly, truthfully, with pride for the name on the front of the uniform. When we come back, just one question. Just one question that's brought to you always by good people at the North Shore Tavern directly across Federal Street from PNC Park. Great place to watch the Pirates when they're on the road as they are all this week here in Milwaukee and then after that on to Cincinnati. It's not only the home of Steak on a Stone, it's the home of, to my knowledge, the planet's only Truly dedicated pirate sports bar, front to back, wall to wall, ceiling to floor. North Shore Tavern, right across from PNC Park. Today's question comes from Adam Perry. He asks, stupid question most likely, but is it possible after a performance like this to put Polanco on the waiver wire and see if anyone wants to give up anything for him? Uh, Two walks, two hits, two steals, game-saving catch, probably the best game of his career. There's a couple of ways to answer this, Adam. Uh, One of them, it sounds like, will surprise you, and that is that Polanco's probably lived on the waiver wire for a long time now. Bear in mind, we very, very rarely hear who's on waivers. And teams, for reasons that I've never really fully understood and honestly don't care to will put all kinds of bizarre names on waivers and then recall them like i don't know if the angels do it with mike trout but there are some really really strange instances that i've read about anyway polanco is probably exhibit a of your permanent tenant status on the waiver wire He's probably there all the time because the Pirates have been eager for a very, very, very long time for someone to claim his contract from them. That will not happen. I I, I don't believe that at all. I, I don't believe that there's a team that would take a flyer on him, even for the prorated amount that's left on his deal, is you'd also have to pick up the buyout, you'd be responsible for the buyout next year as well. Or, you know, if you decide to pay him the, the $12 million. 
One thing that's worth mentioning, though, is that until August 31, you're still allowed to make waiver trades, meaning if a guy goes through the waiver process and clears, he can be traded. Well, Polanco, I'm sure, does that all, like every day. Okay, So the Pirates could conceivably do something like that if there was a team that became smitten by what they saw the way you put it like last night that's generally not how things go but you know what you know what adam i'm gonna give you and your theory the benefit of the doubt you know why because brian cashman and his new york scouts watched clay holmes for one weekend in san francisco and said this is our guy that's what that's the the way they evaluated i i'm telling you i'm just picturing a bunch of old men with untucked Hawaiian shirts walking into Oracle Park, sitting down and saying, who's that 52? He can really bring it. Someone call cash. And the Yankees say, well, what do you want? What do you want here, Ben Charrington? Ben Charrington says, um, they're talking about Clay Holmes. This sounds really irrational. How about if I ask for the single best hitter in the entire minor leagues? Um, okay, so the Yankees say, sure, yeah, you can have Hoy Park for Clay Holmes. So Ben now is probably thinking that Cashman's drunk, and Ben goes on to say, well, hang on, Cash, hang on, let's have some throw-ins here. <laughs> so could could somebody watch Polanco last night and think that this is the second coming of a prime of his career, Dave Parker? Sure they could. Sure they could. Anything can happen, Adam. After covering that game last night in this city, I believe that anything can happen. I appreciate the question. I appreciate everybody listening to Daily Shot of Pirates. One more day for me here in Milwaukee. One more day for the Pirates here in Milwaukee. And Daily Shot of Pirates will be back tomorrow. Mm-hmm.